Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's November 14th, 1157 BC. And another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali. The Retrospectors. So as Shelley did not write, I met a traveller from an antique land who said two vast and trunkless legs of stone stand in the desert, entirely unfinished, and that's because the bloke who commissioned it didn't pay his workers properly. And so today in history in 1157 BC, they went on strike for possibly the first time in history. Yeah, there are two remarkable things about this date being what appears to be the first recorded workers' strike in history, I think. One is just the fact that the action of taking strike is as old as work itself. Mm. And the other is, I think, when you think about ancient Egypt, I tend to think anyway of slaves building things. And I was like, well, slaves don't get paid at all. Can slaves go on strike? But no, (laughs) these were artisans. These were workers of some considerable skill. And when they put their shovels down it had immense power yeah this was taking place in Deir al Medina near Thebes and that was almost like a company town for the craftsmen working on the tombs in what we know as the Valley of the Kings but you're not entirely wrong when you talk about slavery because although they weren't necessarily compelled to work on these projects ancient Egyptian society is not the kind of place you'd expect industrial disputes to arise it was heavily built around the concept of what was called mart it was basically harmony which on earth was maintained by everyone in the hierarchy fulfilling their social roles and in heaven by appeasing the gods through rigid adherence to rituals you know it's not the kind of culture where you'd expect industrial action to flourish this was a state where everyone from the pharaoh to slaves were expected to be fulfilling the role they'd been assigned in life yeah so these were the workers of Ramses III and he is considered to be pretty much the last good pharaoh of the new kingdom. He's related to Ramses the Great, who we've spoken about before. He's also the actual subject of the Shelley poem I quoted at the top of this. You know, and Ramses III wanted to be in the same category as Ramses the Great. He had fought this successful campaign against a confederation known as the Sea Peoples, who had mounted this... I love that they're called that. It's like James Cameron wrote it. Yeah, and it's like, we still don't know who they were. It's crazy. They were this marauding civilization who wreaked havoc all around the Mediterranean and North Africa. But we still don't exactly know where they came from because people only saw them when they were getting off boats. They're basically a group of like disparate raiders from across the eastern Mediterranean, weren't they? They just got grouped together as the Sea Peoples. Yes, disparate except for the fact that they came together at key moments, like at this point when they came together basically to raid Egypt. And Ramses III did a pretty good job of repelling them. And in triumph, he embarked on this project of great works and the re- restoration of both temples and monuments. But he didn't have the cash to be doing it. The other thing they also didn't have was food. I mean, the mm. whole nation was short on grain. And that was partly because of uh, the energy that had been put into defeating the Sea Peoples, but also uh, for natural reasons. There was an eruption of the volcano Hecla in Iceland, which had just chucked a whole load of volcanic rock and cinder into the atmosphere all around the world, which meant less sunlight reached the ground, which meant there was less grain. 
Meanwhile, these hungry people with few resources are being employed to make a big tomb celebrating the pharaoh. And they literally were hungry because they were being paid partly in food. There was no hard currency in Egypt at this time. And so workers were paid basically almost like a hamper, a monthly ration of staples like (laughs) grain, barley, vegetables. They relied on these for everything. All the essentials of life were contained in these payments. So having late wages wasn't just inconvenient. It literally was the difference between life and death for them and their families. And we have records from local scribes showing that tensions had been brewing for several years at Deir al-Medina at this point. There'd been repeated complaints about late wages and on this day when workers down their tools their ration was 18 days overdue so you can see how tensions would have been extremely high by this point yeah quite a lot of what we know about this comes from the scribe Amanact, who seems to have been a kind of shop steward and also the head of the union it looks like he yeah. negotiated with local officials for the distribution of grain to workers to begin again because they were like well look you haven't paid us successfully in the last couple of months and each of our payments have been running late and so we are going to down tools until you come up with a way to solve this problem and where they chose to demonstrate was interesting as well they went around shouting we are hungry we are hungry But they knew exactly where to go to embarrass the pharaoh, although there's no record that the pharaoh actually personally found out about this, of course, which was at the mortuary temple, which was itself a huge prestige project that he was building ahead of his jubilee. And so it was a really quick way to get a reaction from the authorities that hitherto had been ignoring the fact that they were starving to death whilst building this thing. Yeah, not only were officials deeply disturbed by the sight of these non-compliant workers who failing to buzz around like worker bees, also the occupation of the mortuary temple upended temple life, which was really dependent on rituals and routines. So the presence of these people there was intensely disturbing also. Protests were in their early days. They hadn't really cracked the protest slogans. You know, they've gone with We Are Hungry. Officials' negotiation powers hadn't really developed very much at this point either. Uh, On day two of the strike, they offered the workers some kind of cake. We're not sure what it was exactly. (laughs) This did not have the desired effect. And then actually, on day three, they were visited by the mayor of Thebes and Mentmos, who was the captain of the Medje, which was like a paramilitary precursor police force. They'd been used as bodyguards and security on sites like temples and palaces. But at this point, they were being used to maintain general order. They'd be stationed in the marketplace. It's so weird to think that ancient Egypt, you know, it's like 11, 100 BC, they didn't have hard currency, but they actually had a pretty modern-sounding police force. Anyways, these high-profile authorities visited, and the strikers told them, the prospect of hunger and thirst has driven us to this. There is no clothing, there is no ointment, there is no fish, there are no vegetables. Send to Pharaoh, our good lord, about it, and send to the vizier, our superior, that we may be supplied with provisions. Yeah, as you say, the slogan wasn't quite there, was it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no ifs, no buts, there's not enough fish for us, something like that. <laughs> that would be yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, it may not have worked in hieroglyphics. Yeah. Um, This obviously had an effect on Mentmos, the chief of police, who in a surprising twist the following day urged the strikers not to take up their tools and to keep up their occupation of the site. You know, the accounts we have are spotty. There are some gaps in the papyrus. But it sounds like you also had them brought barley and beer. So he was very much a convert to the cause. Eventually, their back pay was finally handed over after negotiations between these sort of the priestly official class and the strikers. But almost immediately after the men returned to their village, they discovered that their next payment was also not forthcoming. And so they went on strike again. And you sort of feel like this would have been a minor moment in, you know, the development of industrial relations had everything just fallen back into place. But... 
it wasn't that. You know, the, the, the workers, you get the sense, had learnt about their power. And Rebecca, you were speaking yes. about the business of Mart, this idea of everyone living in harmony. And I think that what had happened here, at least according to some contemporary scholars, is that the workers had realised that they couldn't depend on their king or their pharaoh to look after them. And there was this inversion that you had to, to achieve Mart, you had to kind of take it for yourself. I don't think they stopped effectively worshipping the pharaoh and, and seeing him as divine. And so, in a sense, their boss was God. So, yeah. you know, when they're protesting, when they're going on strike, it's not quite like a modern strike where they literally are on the picket line being like, oh, those, those fat cats at the top with their gold <laughs> thrones. They'd have been quite happy with that. They just wanted to have enough food for themselves. Their grievance was, you know, by any perspective in, in the modern sense, entirely reasonable, wasn't it? It's, it's not like... They're asking for a pay increase. They're asking to be paid at all. They're saying, you haven't yeah. paid us for 18 days. We cannot live. And yes, you're right. Once they demonstrated that that was an effective technique, withdrawing their labour, it meant mm. blocking the tomb again. Yeah, and speaking of blocking tombs, there was this amazing moment where uh, during one of these follow-up strikes, the armed guards had threatened to remove the men by force. And one of the strikers said that he would damage the royal tombs before they could move against him. Basically, like being an early form of, you know, gluing yourself to the road or something, you know, being in a, a, in a way disruptive that that could stop the authorities from actually preventing your strike. Yeah, and as well, as the strike went on, you do get to see these little rumblings of wider discontent as well. It's one point where they lodged a complaint about an official called Wezahat, who was accused of stripping stones from a royal tomb, stealing a temple ox, and sleeping with three married women. We also have a letter sent by a scribe on behalf of the workmen of the necropolis, which hints that there was widespread corruption and that the workers were speaking up about it. They were complaining that bags of barley were being switched out for bags of dirt. I mean, you can imagine what a disappointing payday that would have been. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, there are little signs that there was something wider going on and that officials were keen to tamp this discontent down as quickly as possible. And from what we know, they did manage to. The last existing part of the scroll ends with the workers crowding around the mayor of Thebes and shouting at him as he passed. And he then offered them sacks of grain to tide them over until the official ration from the pharaoh came through. So, you know, the work was obviously completed, so we can assume it was. Although there are fleeting references to further strikes in the years that followed, because by this point, you know, the new kingdom was on the decline and would never regain the status it previously had and you know in a way this incident is a little bit of a microcosm of what was going on tomorrow knowing that they would never be suspected of betraying the ruling elite to which they belonged and this was one reason why the kremlin were continually suspicious ditch the ads and get a sunday episode when you join club retrospectors patreon.com slash retrospectors small details are big surfaces Tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. <laughs> 